Streaming has gotten way too complicated, but you can hack the system with Prime Video. It has everything in one app with one password. See Roadhouse, Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, all included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite content in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Herd podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. This is the Best of the Herd with Colin Cowher on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, here we go. It's Tuesday. Ready for three hours. We are live in Los Angeles. It's the Herd. Wherever you may be and however you may be listening, thanks for making us part of your day. Merrill Hodge on the show today. Does not like Caleb Williams as a prospect. Very controversial. That will be coming up. Couple hours from now, J Mac. You know, I saw a story yesterday, and a lot of people are saying LeBron should take a pay cut with his new deal. <laughs> and um, sometimes in the NFL, you get that from like star quarterbacks, so you can surround them with better players. And I have seen in NBA players, D Wade, Bosch, LeBron, all took less than they could have to form a great team. What do they call it? A hometown discount. I'm never going to tell an athlete to take less. Nor would I. <laughs> but I, I saw this story this morning. Brian Windhorst, know him, trust him, said LeBron is going to sign a deal for the Lakers in the offseason. It's going to be nine figures. And again, I'm 60 million bucks a year. LeBron's still a top five player in the league on any given night. He's the second, third best player in the league. But deep down, the NBA would love to find their Patrick Mahomes. Here you had Peyton Manning and Brady dominating the league. And then a Midwest-based franchise, Kansas City, lands Mahomes. He's fun. He's lively. He's amazing. He's on 10 commercials. And he totally leans into being the face of the NFL. And he is. And he's a great face. He's great. The NFL's always searching for the face of the league because they've always got one. But the NBA doesn't. They've had four since the 80s where a guy was the best player and had the charisma to also be the face of the league. Bird didn't have that charisma, either did Duncan. Kareem, for a time, was the best player. Push back, very private individual. Only been four since the 80s. Magic, MJ, Shaq, and LeBron. The best players for a stretch and leaned into it. Steph was never the best player, though I love him. Kobe, 
Let's be honest. He was MJ Light, and Shaq was a much, much bigger star in Los Angeles. Shaq's sheer size and personality overwhelmed Kobe. Jokic now is the best player in the league. He didn't even want to go to the Nuggets championship parade last year. He wanted to go home. Overwhelmingly, the best players are international. They do not seek the spotlight. Our best domestic player, in my opinion, in his prime is Jason Tatum, and he's understated. But the NBA ratings are down severely over the last 10 to 15 years. You can say it's politics. I don't buy that. NBA's always been somewhat political. I think it's they don't have a face for the league. When Michael Jordan retired, they didn't have one. They lost 50% of their ratings. It had nothing to do with politics. They just didn't have a guy ready that had Michael Jordan's class, his look, his style, and his talent. But when the NBA does have a face of the league, the ratings spike. But LeBron sucks so much oxygen out of the room because he's a great businessman and is not going to give up face of the league easily. And there doesn't appear to be a Mahomes on the horizon. My guess is over the next five years, the two best players in the league will be Jokic and Wemby. And international players, you ever get in a plane and they ask you some survey, is this personal or business travel? International players like Wemby and Jokic are all business. It is all basketball. They come into this country, they want to get in their game, their practice, their sleep. They hang with sometimes cousins, friends, family from their country. It is all business. They're not distracted. They like to stay away from the spotlight. They don't seek it. I think LeBron, Windhorse saying, could play another five to six years. And it's going to take an incredibly special player to come in like a Patrick Mahomes and seize it. Brady and Manning were businessmen. They carried that face of the league thing as long as they could. Totally appropriate. I totally get it. I would have done the same thing. It took Mahomes to come in and grab it and seize it. And right now, I don't buy its politics. It wasn't politics when the NBA lost 50% of its audience post-MJ. But MJ was so cool and good-looking and stylish and dominant and relentless. And he also loved being the face of the league and all that came with it. The glamour, the fame, the money, the net worth. The NBA, they see this story on LeBron. They're happy for him. Adam Silver communicates with LeBron in his camp regularly. But deep down, I think they're looking for their Mahomes. And the league now is so internationally viable, I don't see one on the horizon. Willing to not only be the best player, but want. The want. Brady, Manning, MJ, Magic, LeBron. The want to be the face of the league. So yesterday we had Peter King on. He retired. Great career. Helped many people. Sort of coronated yesterday on social media. Deservedly so. At the end of his column, I saw this. I didn't make a big deal of it because it was buried at the bottom of the column. And he didn't really have it sourced. But he did say, quote, I suppose the Bears are going to trade the top pick. I know nothing. That's why I didn't take much into it. But he says it seems to be the way the wind is blowing. And Peter talks about the Bears taking lots of picks and moving down and moving down again and getting all these picks and dominating the next two drafts. And I thought about this this morning. What is the only difference in the last 32 years between the Green Bay Packers and the Chicago Bears? 
They play in the same division. Same crappy weather in the winter. Both huge brands. Same division, same conference. They both had legendary coaches, at least for a year or two over the last 32 years. Mike Ditka, Mike Holmgren. I mean, they both had a lot of pro bowlers. The Packers, over the last 32 years, have had 51 pro bowlers. The Bears have had 43. What's the difference? The Bears can't get quarterback right, and the Packers always get quarterback right. Favre, Rodgers, and Jordan Love, in 32 years, have taken 96% of the snaps. Love looks really good. They've done it again. The Bears in that time, in 32 years, have had 38 different quarterbacks take a snap. That's embarrassing. And once again, here is Chicago with an opportunity to change their quarterback franchise, fortunes, momentum, inertia. And already you're hearing Peter King say, I suppose they'll trade out of the number one pick. Here's two things to know about Caleb Williams. Over the last two years, he's led the nation in offense. The Pac-12's probably the best it's been over those last two years in 30 years. And he has had one elite player, one in two years, at either wide receiver, tight end, running back, or O-line. One, Jordan Addison. One. That's it. They ain't Georgia, Texas, Bama, Michigan, Ohio State, Clemson. One. And he's led the nation in offense. The second thing to know is he's lost eight games in two years. And in those eight losses, USC's defense surrendered 43 points a game. He lost by shootouts. The only difference in 32 years between the Packers and the Bears, one never gets the quarterback right, and one always gets the quarterback right. Both have had close to 45 Pro Bowlers in 32 years. Both have had a legendary coach. Both, same division, same conference, same weather, northern tier teams. Big brands. Fox loves putting the Bears on. Fox loves putting the Packers on. Not just the Cowboys Network, not just an Eagles Network. We love the Bears. We love the Packers. The difference is, ask yourself this, Chicago. What would Green Bay do with the number one pick? First, they wouldn't have it because they're competent. Secondly, they would draft Caleb Williams. Because it's what Green Bay does. Always gets the quarterback right. I hear this all the time, but you can trade it down and get dozens of picks. When you get the quarterback right, draft picks become much less important. Lamar Jackson in six years has had one, one legitimate big-time playmaking receiver. He's won 75% of his games. Josh Allen's won 75% of his games as a starter. And he finally this year had a running game emerge. Those are pretty important. Patrick Mahomes' wide receivers led the NFL in drops. He won the Super Bowl. If you get the quarterback right, never forget this. Even if you took out the seventh round and just counted six, over 35% of draft picks miss. Over 25% of first-round picks miss. It's not about draft picks. 
It's about getting the quarterback right. Green Bay always does. Chicago never does. What would the Packers do? They'd take Caleb Williams. All right. Lots and lots going on, J-Mac. Still a lot of Russell Wilson chatter bubbling in my social circles. I, I just watched a video um, of that podcast he did. Man, I, I, I don't know if I can let you get away with some of that NBA slander to open the show. I, slander? I, I like the notes. I don't know. Like, I got Warriors uh, next Thursday. I'm going to make a bet on that. Celtic Sixers coming up. Don't, don't you're give gambling me... on NBA in, in Absol- February? Absolutely. Wow. Why not college hoops? I had another winner last night. Uh, well, who, a little Chaminade or something? No. <laughs> Baylor Bears getting points. Um, <laughs> I don't. It's not slander. Four players since the '80s have been the best player for a substantial amount of time, and have also been the faith of the league. Okay, but, but so can bird I get a time and magic out? bird. It was a grumpy kind of a you know kind of tough working class dive on the floor. He didn't embrace it. That wasn't who he was. Magic completely embraced it. Shaq, Kobe, Shaq's sheer size and personality was in movies. In fact, the knock on Shaq was he was distracted. Kobe was all basketball. MJ, no question. No question. And LeBron for 16 years now. First three or four he wasn't. Since Miami, been the total face of the league. I I think I need to take a crowbar and just jam Steph Curry in there. Steph Curry never been the best player. Oh, my goodness, okay, so a now, two-time MVP, the uh, only unanimous okay. MVP in the history of the league. But, but remember, MVP, Russell Westbrook won an MVP. He's never been the best player, I would say, in a division. So, so when the Warriors won 73 games, no, Steph Curry yourself. was not the so best player be in the league. So to be a star, Shaq came out of college, star, Magic star, LeBron at a high school star. Steph Curry went to Davidson. Nobody knew who he was for three years. Fair. When he started winning... Started becoming a star. Kevin Durant supplanted him as the best player on the team. He leaves, and by that point, Steph's not in his prime. Still excellent. Never been the best player in the league. Don't go MVPs. Don't go MVPs. There's a lot of guys that win MVPs that are not the best player. Well, Curry kind of changed the league, the dynamic. Any arena you went to for like a three-year stretch, I don't care who was playing, LeBron, it doesn't matter. Curry jerseys were everywhere. He I'm, was the number one jersey seller. I'm not denying. I think he was the best player in the league for two years. I, uh, the rest of these guys were best player for six years, seven years, okay, eight years, that, nine years. Yeah. You can argue. And by the way. Was Kobe ever the best player in the league? Really tough call. I, I, I would say, you know, there's a lot of arguments he wasn't. I never thought he was the face of the league. He also had an off-court incident. So mm-hmm. he that yeah. really eliminates you from that. Um, so I, I don't. When you were in Los Angeles at the time, I didn't live here at the time. I didn't either. Shaq was so enormous. He was so big. Out of you know, Kobe grew up in Italy. Shaq, I I literally had a beer with Jer- the late Jerry Tarkanian at a restaurant in Las Vegas, and Jerry Tarkanian told me he said this kid at LSU is going to be the greatest player in league history, and I I'd never even heard of Shaquille O'Neal. And he said, you know, Tark liked recruiting. And he was like, you know, we tried to get him. He's like, he'll be the greatest player in the NBA. People knew about Shaq when he was 16 years old. They didn't with Kobe. They, they knew about Kobe. He was high school. He came out. And he was always, let's be honest, his first five or six years in the league, he, he sounded like MJ. He was imitating MJ, but he wasn't MJ. And then he gets to L.A. with Shaq, and they both explode. And Shaq is so big. And so, and by the way, 
Kobe could be, and I, you know, the late Kobe Bryant, we all loved him. But he could be a little off-putting. He could be, go read the book by Jeff Perlman. Kobe was a lot. He wore out Shaq. He wore out Phil. He's a legend. He's great. He's an all-timer. But everybody loved Shaq. Everybody loved Shaq. And to this day, Shaq is like on the most popular. I mean, that, the show he does with Barkley is more popular than the games. <laughs> so, I mean, I, again, this is not slander on Kobe. He's one of the 20 best players I've ever seen, one of the 12 best players I've ever seen, arguably top 10, or Duncan, or... But Luau Cinder, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, he never embraced it. He's a very somber, private, academic person. He didn't want it. Duncan didn't want it. Bird wasn't into it. So very few guys. Now, you can argue Steph for a brief time. But remember, was not a college star. By the time he became a star, he was part of a backcourt duo called the Splash Brothers. Splash Brothers. Oh, I love So the backcourt duo was bigger than Steph. That was... Then they bring in KD... He supplants Steph as the most a talented player. And then we, nobody denies Steph's a all-time great player and a culture changer yeah. for the sport. But I never thought he was the best player in the league. So Kobe, Steph, and Durant probably never, according to you, the never the best player in the league. Well, never the face of the face league. Face of the league, okay. Um, arguably for a year or two. There was a time when Kevin Durant was an OKC. I didn't buy into it. No, no, no. That no. People were saying he was better than LeBron, and I'm like... What, getting a basket? No, no. Distribution, leadership, toughness, defense. LeBron was the better player always. Kevin may have been a better get-a-basket guy. Like, just go get a hoop. I mean, he's probably one of the great offensive players of my lifetime. Yeah, yeah. That's a good topic. I like that. All right. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. So there's this feeling... That Russell Wilson, there's a lot of speculation, Albert Breer in a couple of minutes talked about this, that the trade, the movement, something's happening, it's in the works for Justin Fields and Russell Wilson. And so I said, you know, the disaster of Russell is not that bad. I never thought he was washed. I still think he's athletic and efficient and accurate. He's not in his prime. But I thought this was fun this morning. So two years into Russell Wilson in Denver, because everybody in Denver is now got to get him out of here. Two years in Denver, and that includes the Nat Hackett year. He has a 91 passer rating, 42 touchdowns, 19 picks, and he's completing about 63% of his passes. So let's play blind resume for those that think he's washed. Now remember, one of those years, the coach was a disaster, and then this year, he had to relearn a new offense. So let's do blind resume. For our radio audience, this quarterback has the same number of picks, fewer passing touchdowns, and a lower passer rating over the last two years. Is this guy washed? Who's that quarterback? Baker Mayfield, comeback player of the year, who we have said multiple times should be re-signed by the Buccaneers. Okay. Let's go to the next quarterback who's got far fewer passing touchdowns, same number of picks, same passer rating. Is this guy somebody you should get out of town immediately? It's Matt Stafford with Sean McVay for the last two years as a head coach. Let's do it again. Russ is washed. Get him out of town. 42 touchdowns, 19 picks, 91 passer rating. The numbers are very similar. More touchdowns, more picks, though. Trevor Lawrence. Hmm, interesting who, for the record, had a disaster first year as a head coach. Finally, here's somebody with uh, that looks slightly better 
Passing picks, passer rating. Slightly better. A tick better. Who is this quarterback? One so good, Harbaugh left Michigan to go coach in the NFL for a franchise with a dicey history. Justin Herbert, Baker Mayfield, Matt Stafford, Trevor Lawrence, and this includes the Nat Hackett year and having to learn and relearn two offenses in two years. So Sean Payton was at the Combine this morning in Indy, and he was asked about the importance of the quarterback position in Russell Wilson. I saw this like humorous meme the other day where there's a Bronco fan with a shirt on, and there was like eight quarterbacks names with a cross through it, you know, and and he's drinking the quarterback Kool-Aid, and I, you know, our, our job is to make sure that this next one, you know, doesn't have a line through it. And with that, next one, Albert Breer does now join us live from Indy at the NFL Combine. Um, I mean, that saying the next one, <laughs> either he's yeah. got to rehab Russell a little <laughs> or draft somebody with their pick. What did you make of that comment, and what are you hearing about that situation? But, I mean, I think it's a little bit of a hint that they're moving on and that they're going to have a new quarterback in 2024. And, you know, I my, my sense, Colin, is that they're going to do all of the work on all of the quarterbacks. They could ex- explore trading up. Um, don't think they're going to get up to get Caleb Williams, but Drake May, Jaden Daniels. And then, you know, there's that second tier with J.J. McCarthy, Bo Nix, Michael Penix. They wind up really loving one of those guys. I think they're going to do all the work. doesn't mean they're going to take one. I think they're going to do all the work on those guys. Um, and I think part of it for Sean Payton now, you know, it sucks for Russell, but I do think that there's a point when you have to move on. Yeah. And, you know, I they're paying him the $37 million for this year one way or the other. He's going to have to agree to waive his guarantees for 2025 if he were to stay. Is he willing to do that? I don't know. I mean, it sounds like he's amenable to staying in Denver, but what are the terms of that? I just think because of the way the last two years went, it's really, really complicated. Yeah. And I think it's really hard to uncomplicate a situation like that. Sometimes you get to these points where everybody just needs to hit the reset button and, yeah. and get a fresh start. I think Russell would be best off going somewhere else and getting a fresh start. And I think Sean Payton, with a chance to enact his own quarterback plan, not the one he inherited, he has that chance to do that right now. I think he winds up taking that chance to do it. So um, Peter King and I disagree on this. He thinks you keep Justin Fields, you move down and get a bunch of picks. And my argument on that is yeah. if you get the quarterback right, picks don't become nearly as important. Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen finally got a receiver yep. and a running back, respectively. They win every year. Uh, Mahomes is mm-hmm. hoisting trophies with a bad receiver group. I don't need a million picks. I need a quarterback that can play. Um, there's a reason Harbaugh took the Chargers job. One reason. Yep. Justin Herbert. You've got to get the quarterback yeah. right. I would take Caleb Williams. But Peter is suggesting, and he obviously you love him, you know him, that, hey, yep. he, at the bottom of his column, he said, I don't know anything, but the winds are blowing. They're going to move down. What can you illuminate me on this? Because I can't believe they'd move off the pick. Yeah, I, I love Peter. I still think the, the 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 likelihood is that they stick at one and they pick Caleb Williams, unless Caleb Williams goes on some sort of wildcat strike because he doesn't want to play in Chicago. And like listening to Ryan Poles today and reading some of the tea leaves, I don't know that Caleb Williams is going to go through with doing something like that. Um, so you know, I, I think you have to look at this, you know, from from every perspective. Number one, Justin Fields is a really good player. The people in the Bears staff believe you can win with Justin Fields. But Caleb Williams could be a generational talent. There's the financial piece of this, right? Like where, 
you know, a year from now, if you want to keep Justin Fields, it's going to cost a minimum of $25 million. And you got to make that decision after the draft on whether or not you're picking up that option. If he has a great year in his fourth year, then it's going to be even more expensive than that. Whereas with Caleb Williams, you have four years of cost control and you know what he's going to cost from now through 2027. And then you have the option for 28. Um, and then I think there's the real life application of this too, Colin. Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus didn't draft Justin Fields. And just from a job, job security perspective, this is a chance for them to start anew. Let me, let me just lay out this scenario for you too, if you're those two guys, right? Say you go seven and 10 with Justin Fields next year. What do you think happens? Oh, you're, you, you, you get, you get Probably fired. Probably gone, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Now, let's say you go 7-10 and 10 with Caleb Williams, and Caleb Williams is a rocket ship at the end of the year. Yeah. What happens? You get extended. Probably. <laughs> You're called brilliant. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I just think that there are so many of these factors at play here. It just it makes the most sense. They love Justin Fields, and I, I believe Ryan Poles has been great as far as managing the relationship between team and quarterback, and I don't think this is a, a huge indictment on Justin Fields. It's just the opportunity that's in front of them right now to get a generational talent and get a guy who, I mean, Cliff Kingsbury himself, who coached both of them, said to me, it's eerie how similar he is to Mahomes, right? You have to take that shot. You have to pick up the bat and take that swing with the number one overall pick, in my opinion. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, I've been watching Dynasty. Belichick's reportedly looking for a TV gig. He's not happy with how he's being portrayed. My takeaway yesterday is uh, Randy Moss is hysterical. Broody, uh, Brewski's great. Bledsoe's great. Brady's raw. All these Patriots are fantastic. Bill mm-hmm. comes off as defensive, rigid, and grumpy. That's a Bill issue. Um, your yeah. takeaway, now a lot of people say, hey, it's basically a craft documentary. Is that fair yep. that Bill's like, I'm not giving you anything, I'll talk, but the crafts are running the documentary. Is that fair? Right, and I think that that's exactly what it is. And I actually, like, you know, it's funny because, like, you, there's always that question, like, how'd they get everybody to talk? I think the magic of a project like this where they were able to get so many people is they almost, I think they got so many people to talk because everybody was afraid of what the next guy is going to say, <laughs> right? And because craft was behind it to some degree, um, that fear got amplified, you know? Everybody in that organization knows there's been a couple books that have been written on the Patriot Dynasty. The Dynasty by Jeff Benedict was considered Kraft's version of events. In fact, if you go back, like the Patriots actually sent copies of that book out to their season ticket holders. What does that tell you about what ownership thinks of that version of the story? That's what the Apple TV thing is based on. And so I think, you know, it's interesting because you watch some of it and it seems that there's a fair bit of score settling going on here and a fair bit of territory marking going on here and i my perception watching bill here is i think bill views this as a craft production so he's going to sit for it because he wants to hear everything that's that that's in there and by sitting for it he's going to get a pretty clear picture of what's going in there but maybe he's not all that motivated to help which to me is part of why and i think they've done a great job with the first four episodes the first two i think were better than the last two but 
I think that that's sort of why, like the Last Dance, like that twenty-year kind of ability to sit there and and let things marinate and and come back. I think that's why, like the Last Dance, works so well. And honestly, I think that's why Bloodso is so great in it. You know, like Bloodso is so great in it because he's twenty years separated from this. Yeah, some of those other guys aren't. Yeah, the um, you know, as an Ohio State guy, I laid mm-hmm. out my concern with J.J. McCarthy. If you go to the last seven or eight guys that are a little short or a little light, not good. Yep. Kyler, Kyler Murray's had success, but he's been banged up. It's a big man's league, even at quarterback. It is a big man's league. Yep. I mean, even Lamar Jackson came in. He was spindly. Three years later, he's jacked. Like Jalen Hurts came yep. in a little small. Two years later, he is jacked. Russell Wilson's put on more weight. This is a really physical league. McCarthy's thin. Five of the last seven games, he didn't throw for a touchdown. Three games, he had half his touchdown passes in against garbage teams. I'm not a buyer of it. I think he's thin. I think he was carried by a defense and a run game and a coach. I think he's a draftable player. I think he's a second-round guy that you sit for several yeah. years. I'm here in lottery. So as a Buckeye, I'm how did fa- you view I'm it? I'm fascinated by him. Yes. I mean, I'm fascinated by him because he's clearly a winner, right? Like he's clearly yeah. a winner. He's competitive as hell. You like his approach. You like kind of the moxie that he has. And there is talent there. Like, he can run. He's got a, a loose arm. He's a loose athlete. Like, he he has a lot of things that you like. But I'm, I'm with you on you'd like to see him carry the team more. And that's a problem for NFL teams. Because if you go back and you look at the history of it, right, like the some of the best quarterbacks in the NFL now, Josh Allen carried Wyoming. Patrick Mahomes carried Texas Tech. Lamar Jackson carried Louisville. And then you take the one guy who didn't have to carry his team, right, which Joe Burrow of the young guys, and he had all his help around him, and he broke every record that was out there, not just for LSU but for the SEC, right? So I think that's sort of what you're looking at with J.J. It's like, he, yes, like he wasn't asked to do this, and he, he's, he's done a lot of good things with, with, with what he was asked to do, but why wasn't he asked to do more? Yeah. That's something teams are going to have to dig through. And the other part of it, too, which is, which is very clear, his frame – is going to be under a lot of scrutiny here yes. in Indianapolis. Is he 6'1"? Is he 6'2"? Is he 6'3"? Um, I had a, a guy who went into Ann Arbor in the fall say that he was taken aback when he stood up next to McCarthy at how narrow he was and how yeah. thin he was. Yes. He actually said to me, he looks like a stretched-out Bryce Young, if you want to like talk about a comp build-wise. Yeah. Now he's taller, but he looked like a stretched-out Bryce Young. And we saw how, obviously, that played out in year one in Carolina. Um, I get the questions. I also know there's a lot to like about him as a player. So he's going to be fascinating to dig through. I think Sean Payton is going to be – I mean, I look at McCarthy and I look at Knicks. I'm fascinated to see what the yep. Broncos think of him because I think they both have some traits that Sean Payton would like. Is he willing to go all in on them? It's going to be an interesting yeah. question. You know the comp I always use on that? So years ago, I, I've stood next to Aaron Rodgers one time. Aaron's my mm-hmm. height, six one and a half. Yeah. Aaron is – 29 pounds heavier than me. And you would not know it if we stood together. So I asked somebody about that, and they're like, you should see Aaron's ankles and his wrists and his shoulders. Yeah. He said, Aaron with his shirt off is, he's six one and a half, two two twenty four, 224. And I stood next to Aaron, I'm the same size. So Aaron packs 28 pounds more than me. And we look the same. Um, We're both, he's kind of slender. And I always say, that's an NFL player. Aaron carries his weight like a pro so, athlete, calves, wrists, shoulders, butt. <laughs> That's why I'm a talk show host, right? I have I have a great I have a great example for you. Like I was standing on the sidelines before the NFC title game with John Lynch two years ago, right? Um, this is a game Purdy got hurt on. 
Purdy in. And we were talking about Purdy as a prospect and kind of what they saw in him coming out and all of that. And, you know, you sort of get this impression looking at Brock because he's a little baby face that he's yeah. small, right? Yeah, right. And he's not overly tall. But Lynch, like when I started in on that, Lynch immediately said, look at his legs. And I'm like, oh, my God, he looks like a running back. And I had never <laughs> noticed it before. But those are the sorts of things that they look at. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, seriously, anybody watching out there, Colin, you can go and look, too. Like, pull up a picture of Brock Purdy and look at his legs. He's actually a really big dude. You just don't look at him that way. Yeah, there you go. That's the kind of thing Breer and I look at. These are the kind of scoops we give you, folks. The trunkiness, the legs. <laughs> We're all checking out people's legs. Yeah. <laughs> Albert Breer at the NFL Combine in a hotel somewhere in Indianapolis. As always, buddy, appreciate you stopping by. All right, thanks, Colin. Now, I've told you, J-Mac, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my stand. I like Bo Nix more than J.J. McCarthy. And I watched Bo Nix play live, and I was taken back by how athletic you. I saw him twice, Bo Nix twice in person, mm -hmm. and I thought he, he's way more athletic than you think, and he is yoked. I, I'm glad you guys uh, brought up Josh Allen. He said Josh Allen carried Wyoming. You mm -hmm. took some jabs at some of the numbers from J.J. McCarthy. So I took a gander at Josh Allen's uh, senior year at or his oh, final year at Wyoming in his passing numbers. Did he have a Harbaugh as a coach? He threw for, in the final game, 154 yards. Oh. Before that, 70 yards. Yeah, yeah. He had 138 yards passing, 234 yeah. against Oregon in yeah. a beatdown. He had 64 yards passing. Yeah. Uh, listen, I'm did, not did have, going after Josh. Did he have Josh 21 Allen. NFL players on the roster like J.J. McCarthy? I, I, uh, totally agree. It's not apples to apples. He had zero. But I do... <laughs> <laughs> Zero. I do agree. Zero to 21. Okay. Their frames are different, but I, I don't like the J.J. McCarthy. You think Josh Allen and J.J. McCarthy are even no, in the same I'm, galaxy? I just didn't like using passing yards as like a barometer. Well, he's not. He's throwing for 150 yards. Like I, I don't if like If you're that. a lottery, first of all, Josh Allen was so, such a good prospect that Pete Carroll and John Snyder, off a Super Bowl win. Went to check him out. Went to his, went to his combine day. Certainly. That's how good he was. By the way, Russell heard about it. His agent heard about it, Mark Rogers, and they were ticked off. Like people that had star quarterbacks went to the Josh Allen, and and wish. And by the way, Wyoming was terrible with no pros. Uh, Michigan was. They were, they were, I don't know that they were terrible with. No, I mean, it looks like they, they got, won like seven or eight games, but they got destroyed by the two programs. I watched them play Oregon and I think Iowa. They got destroyed. yeah. They lost to Iowa by a lot. Yeah, they couldn't. They couldn't stop Iowa. And Iowa's offense could be stopped by a traffic cone. And um, Josh Allen threw 57% completions, two interceptions, 174 yeah. yards. Yeah. Non-factor. Uh, all, all my point is, I don't like using passing yards as like some kind of barometer. Well, how about, to, throw, to how about throw a touchdown pass in more than two of your last seven games? You know What a standard I've set. He's beholden to what the coach wants to do. We're going to win with defense and running the football. That's what Michigan wanted to do. That's what Harbaugh's game plan was. You know what? It worked. They won the natty. Can't really knock it, can you? Well, Tebow won a natty. What does that mean? Well, wait a minute. Tebow was never projected as a top 10 pick the way he Daniel went, Jeremiah. He went and these first guys. round. He did. It was a terrible draft pick. Everybody got, got on Josh McDaniel's case, remember? Well, I'm saying if you draft J.J. McCarthy in the lottery, it's going to be a regrettable draft pick. You sure? I mean, there's a I'm lot of people. I know, and I'm just a saying. Lot of people we trust. Lance Zerline, your guy, right? Uh, NFL Network. Well, we may have to reconsider Lance being a regular on the oh, show. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> no, I listen. I, I'm sure I could be wrong. I mean, I've been wrong all the time, but I've been right a lot. By the way, you know, everybody loves the Sam Darnold thing. 
Well, what's the Sam Darnold? Yeah, because I liked Sam Darnold. Who didn't? Now, everybody liked Sam Darnold. Everybody. He was did. a universal top five pick. But everybody. Manziel? I was like, no. Baker? Like him? Not a number one pick. You know, Jamarcus Russell? Run for your life. There's Daniel a lot Jones. of these guys. <laughs> J- Zach Wilson? Daniel Jones? I was like, no, no, no. Johnny Manziel? No, 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 no. So, Tebow? I was like, no, 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 no. So, I, Darnold is still, I just saw something yesterday. Former NFL GM Randy Mueller had a list of the best free agents. He had Darnold as the third best oh, available quarterback. That, that, listen, I it's, know Randy. It's not crazy. Come on. That's how Darnold's viewed in the league. People like him. Coachable, tough, physical. I got to see the list, but you're telling me Sam Cousins Darnold? was one, okay. and uh, I think Baker was two, and Darnold was three. I think that was the list. Okay, so well, Fields is not a free agent, and neither That's is right. Russell Wilson, but they would certainly be ahead of Sam Darnold. I would take Russell Wilson, to me, is the best available quarterback. I think Baker, for the money, is the best available so quarterback. So what has Sam Darnold done to, for you to love him so much? I, listen, league? I have moved off him. But I, I knew him. I liked him. I thought his talent. You know who likes him? Shanahan and John Lynch. <laughs> a lot. They like him a lot. That's why they brought him out. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Decovis is your stop before attending your next concert. All Decovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Decovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Stop by your local Decovis store, have a complimentary drink, and shop new styles. I love it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit Decovis.com. Stores are great. But it's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com and find your new favorite pair of boots today.